Remember when we were all worried that George Pickens was the only guy who was mad? Good times, huh? Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also happen to offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates, the other two teams in town that I cover. It'll be Steelers versus Patriots tomorrow night in a matchup that our weary nation awaits or something. I don't know. I think it's stuck with these games. I have no idea. Wasn't there some kind of flex out mechanism that everyone could have used? Can we still use it? It's, it's not fun. This general environment in and around the Steelers right now, everyone's in a bad mood. Everyone's got something to bark about. And I'm only referring to the people participating in the process. That's not even getting into all the nastiness and everything else that's coming, you know, from the outside. I've never had reaction related to the football team or the shows that I'm doing here or even me directly that I've gotten over the last 72 hours. And and I get that. I mean, I'm here. I'm available. I'm pretty easy to access. But I'm not playing. And I'm not the head coach. And there's really nothing I can do, to be perfectly honest with you, about any of that. We can talk about it every morning. It's all right. But some of the snarl, some of the wow. Easy, everybody. Easy. It's just sports. It's just Something that you're doing on the side, you know, ideally, I get that we tend to take our sports in this city a lot more seriously than most do. And that's one of the things that's awesome about Pittsburgh. But, you know, there is such a thing as too far. And yet, it's not as if what's happening at South Water Street is setting some sort of shining example. Over the last couple days in the related access periods, we've heard Jalen Warren say that the Steelers took the Cardinals lightly. And we heard Mike Tomlin say, no, they didn't. And then yesterday, we heard Deontay Johnson say that the Steelers took the Cardinals lightly. And across the room, you're going to have someone saying, no, they didn't. This is a tiny example. This is just the stuff that makes it out. But there's a whole lot of, um, I, I don't have a word for this. You know, when you put your hands up in the air horizontally and just have them go above and below each other like they keep missing? That. That. TJ Watts mad at the NFL. Believes they have it in for him. Terrell Austin addressed this as defensive coordinator yesterday, saying basically, and I'm paraphrasing, TJ's a good pro and a great player. We've got to get past it. He referred to it as sports bitching, attributing that to Mike Tomlin. Not sure what that was supposed to do as opposed to supporting your resident superstar. Eddie Faulkner, the man who's currently holding the title of offensive coordinator, brought up yesterday that the Steelers had made their players accountable for all of those penalties that were committed, for all of that 
lack of discipline, lack of understanding. Pat Fryermuth said that it's incomprehensible to him that you could have specifically these penalties for an unblocked offensive tackle. And he's right. It's not on the OT, though. It's always on the wide receiver. So the wide receivers weren't following formations that, as Fryermuth put it, have been in play for some guys for years. Wink, wink. Najee Harris was asked yesterday about Mitch Trubisky's leadership in the context that Trubisky had maintained his captaincy through the second half of last season, even though he'd been relegated to the sideline. And Najee's response was, and I quote directly, it's fine, I guess. So someone naturally asks a follow-up question, asking how Najee would describe Mitch's style. Vocal, I guess. All right, is that just Najee being Najee with the media? Is that Najee making some kind of statement on Mitch? Is that Najee making some kind of statement on Kenny Pickett, meaning he'd miss him or whatever? No idea, but it just adds to it. It just keeps finding new refueling points, it seems. I'm not sure what to make of this. I'm not going to come up with some sort of dramatic pronouncement, meaning any of it, inside or outside. I have seen, especially with Tomlin coach teams, where it can be utilized to the team's benefit. All of the anger, all of the disappointment and disillusionment and all else from the inside and the outside. And they'll show up running through the tunnels and super fired up and we've had enough. We're not going to take it anymore and usually end up somehow blaming that on the media. But the result is there. We have a new rallying point and here we go. Well, I, I'm feeling a win tomorrow night against the Patriots only because the Patriots are out of this world awful and for no other reason. Will it be something that galvanizes everybody again, inside and outside? Will it be something that brings them all together? That's the part I'm not feeling. I'm just not. I did after Cincinnati. One of the things that's come this way in that nastiness that I mentioned earlier is that it's been really hot and cold. Well, DK, your commentary has gotten really hot and cold. Like one day you're feeling this way, the next day you're feeling that and whatever. Look at the season. Look at the performance of this collective. Look at the performance of pretty much all of these individuals aside from TJ. And tell me what hasn't been hot slash cold about these Steelers in 2023. Tell me what this consistency is that everyone would be seeking from the coverage when the subject matter itself is all over creation. I can't change that. I can comment on it. You and I can have a discussion about it. But outside of you showing up tomorrow night at Akershire Stadium, waving your towel, rooting the boys on, there's nothing that any of us can do. 
They need to fix this internally. And being specific, the head coach needs to fix this. I'm not feeling that right now either. When we come back, J1Q. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our good friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located on Federal Street, directly across from PNC Park. Mike has more than 500 beers on tap, including from more than 50 local breweries. Stop in and say hello. Tell Mike we sent you. Mike's Beer Bar. And today's J1Q comes from Lazaro, who says, Dan, good morning, and thanks for your daily shots. I never miss them here in Costa Rica. My concern about Kenny Pickett is mainly about his awareness on plays which for any reason have to be changed in the course of a snap. Is that your belief as well? For example, when he looks at pressure coming in from the edge, he always runs left, but he has no 180-degree view. That's something, I believe, that has to be coached out of him, but I have my doubts that it can be solved. I see Mitch Trubisky as having more awareness, more speed, and a bigger arm. His only trouble is that sometimes he throws into very tight coverage, which can lead to interceptions or incompletions. Lazaro, there's a lot there, and for anybody who doesn't know, he's referring to Yesterday's main subject, which got quite the heavy feedback. Quarterback discussions will tend to do that. But as mentioned earlier, it's not exactly happy, happy, joy, joy time with the fan base at the moment. This is what Mitch had to say yesterday after practice about how he's going to approach the New England game. We're trying to score points. I'm going to be aggressive. I'm going to take care of the football. Um, and, and we got to play better as an offense. We, we're going against good defense this week, well coached. Um, so we just got to do our job, execute well. I'll play all 11 together. And we want to be an aggressive offense. So whatever that means, taking care of the football, we got to find ways to score points. That's the bottom line. No surprise there, obviously, right? As Lazaro mentioned, he's aggressive. He thinks. He can complete any pass that's out there. And being who he is, he's also going to say all the right things. So you heard him throw in that obligatory, yeah, but we need to make sure we're managing the play and everything else. Okay, he's going to be himself. This was my point yesterday. I happen to feel that the Steelers could benefit from that right now. Not just because they're facing the Patriots. Not just because Kenny's been struggling, obviously. That's not a shot at him. It's not giving up on him. He's just struggling. Anybody who disputes that is out of their minds, okay? I mean, let me be really blunt about this. You can support him. You can even be attached to him because of what he achieved for the University of Pittsburgh. Great, wonderful. You're entitled to that. But if you say that he's not struggling, you're not to be taken seriously. And I say that with respect. Kind of, I guess. What for me would be the ideal scenario out of tomorrow night, and I'm going to say this in all capital letters. This is not a prediction. This is not an expectation. I'm talking about an ideal scenario for them, for the Steelers, is to just steamroller somebody 
and to do it by going at them with a bunch of daggers. You know, the way a lot of that first drive looked against the Cardinals. Do you think possibly that that game might have been a little bit different? Had they punched in that very first drive instead of settling for the Chris Boswell field goal? Do you think that the game might have been different had Najee Harris not been stuffed at the goal line? Had Kenny not been stuffed at the goal line on that subsequent trip inside the Arizona 10? Maybe. I don't know. But what I do know is that after both of those sequences, everything just fizzled. On the field, off the field, all over. So the timing to have someone come out there and try to make passes that haven't been made, that for the most part haven't even been attempted for the better part of two years, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with someone stepping into the huddle who's not new to the NFL or to adversity I mean, he was the quarterback for the Bears, remember? And maybe throwing caution out to an extent. I'm okay with that. This team needs something significant to swing things around. We thought, maybe, some of us, I did, that it happened in Cincinnati. It very clearly didn't. As you point out, Lazaro, the thing that really undid the offense more than anything else against the Cardinals was that Kenny couldn't hold a pocket. You say that Kenny looks uh, indecisive in terms of picking his plays or whatever. I'll take it further. I think Kenny takes the snap and he's immediately looking for second and third options. Immediately. Not even uh, in a check down way. Because he's not going right away to that running back who's standing out there in the flat as the last available man. He's like this. Four, three, two, one. Uh Uh-oh, running back. Boom. Or scramble to the left. But there's no hanging in there. There's no stepping up. Maybe, as you suggest, that can be worked out of him. I strongly suspect it won't happen in season. But in this moment, with all the clouds that are following this team... Yet again, on and off the field, I'll, I'll take the adult. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. And I'll be back for another one of these tomorrow. I really will. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.